you are listening to the Moody Girl podcast with me, Emily Fazer. I'll be opening the minds of experts, enthusiasts and storytellers, discovering their secrets on health and how to make the most out of life. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cytoplan, a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. Welcome listeners to the second solo episode from me. Whilst I've loved chatting with so many incredible health professionals and storytellers, in the background, I've been going through my own health scare that I wanted to share with you all in case anyone else out there is going through this too, because it's absolutely terrifying. Or, you know, even if you're not, I feel this is a topic that needs to be addressed to provide more education and information to women and AFAB individuals. Please do know I'm very much still going through this journey and I'm by no means fixed, but I felt it might be helpful if I shared more about this topic in real time so you could gain an understanding of the things that I'm trying in order to heal myself. If you are listening to the show and are finding the content helpful, please do give us a like, share, or five-star review. The more of these we can get, the more likely the podcast will get suggested for new listeners to benefit from these episodes as well. Okay, let's get to it. Okay, so you might be wondering, what are you trying to heal yourself from? So let's go into it. Three weeks ago today, I went for what I thought was a routine check after my smear test for anyone in the UK, a pap test for anyone in the US or Europe. And yeah, it came back with some abnormalities. So I, you know, quite naively didn't think much of it and sent a picture of the letter to my mum. She replied and seemed a little bit concerned um, and said, I'm going to come with you. And at that point, I was a little bit flattered that she felt like I needed my mum, but didn't really think much else into it. I arrived at the hospital, chatted with my mum about loads of different stuff, all the kind of things that we've been working on and goals and holidays and didn't really delve much into why I was actually at the hospital. This is how disconnected and oblivious I was in regards to what was going to happen only a few moments later. So uh, it came to the point where I was called into the doctor's office and I sat with him. He was a polite and friendly man and we were joking and laughing away. Like, honestly, I was still so oblivious. I thought I was going to be in, out, um, and my my day wasn't going to be affected by this, basically. Um, He then said to me, I think you have something called cervical dysplasia and I think it's sin three. Oh, and you've still got HPV after three years as well. And, you know, I was kind of familiar with HPV, but not really. I received the 
you know, letter after my smear test each year telling me that I still had HPV. Um, but the rest of these were new terms to me. I was a little bit confused and asked, is that bad? He said, well, it's not cancer yet. Obviously, as soon as anyone mentions the C word, you know, it's terrifying. Um, and at that point, all the jokes stopped. I felt like the room was closing in on me. I said, right, okay, so what do we do now? He said, well, we need to do something called the LEAP procedure, which basically means we're going to cut part of your cervix out. I was like, okay, um, does this affect my chance of having children? He said, you can still get pregnant, but there is evidence to show that you'd be more likely to have miscarriages and premature pregnancies. At this point, I could just feel the emotion starting to flood over me. I was holding back tears. Okay, so next steps for today. He said, we're going to take a biopsy to confirm my thoughts, but I'm very certain this is what you have. Are you happy to come with me to the other room? I said yes. So it's worth noting here, I am still awaiting my results, but since leaving the hospital that day, it lit a fire up my arse. And I've been taking action as if it's the worst case scenario to give me the best chance at healing myself. So to give you a brief synopsis of cervical dysplasia, it's when there is abnormal growth of cells on the surface of the cervix and that can eventually develop into cervical cancer if not dealt with. Okay, so we're getting to the part of the story that is a little bit harrowing and I really don't want to make this a gruesome and depressing story, but I do feel it's important to share this as I really want to highlight the impact that this whole journey can have on people. Um, so I walked into the operating or pr procedure room, whatever you call it, and I saw two bubbly nurses trying their best to make small talk whilst I pulled the curtains back and got undressed. And then I sat on the chair and placed my legs in the stirrups. There was a huge TV about 10 centimetres from my face and it had my vagina on Zoom, basically. So that was quite intense. Um, and that was the point I started uncontrollably crying. The nurses rallied around me, gave me tissues, but there was honestly nothing that could stop me. I felt such shame at how I'd let myself get to this point. I have a podcast championing health and look at me. I felt like an absolute fraud who'd been give, ignoring my own body and was in what felt like the biggest health crisis of my life to date. Um, so yeah, it basically came down to I felt such embarrassment and again shame that I asked the nurses to turn the screen away from me. I didn't want to see it and they quickly moved it away to their credit. The nurses asked me, why are you so upset? I couldn't even choke out the words to respond. I was just heartbroken. And anyone out there who has been through this procedure, who's even had this conversation, I feel you. I really do feel you. And for anyone who hasn't, who may, be at the, who may have been diagnosed with HPV, um, then also I feel you too. So the doctor then started the biopsy process, which is a procedure to remove tissue from the cervix to test for abnormal or precancerous conditions or cervical cancer. I was asked to cough twice hard and then two parts of my cervix were what felt like grabbed out of me. Instantly, the period cramp started, like it was instant. Um, and after this, 
the doctor took the speculum and whatever else he was using out and the nurses instructed me to put my pants back on and make sure I put a big pad in, there'll be some bleeding. So I then hurried to put my clothes back on, took the pamphlet with information on what to do after a biopsy. At that point, I realised why my mum had decided to come with me that day. She'd known how this may have gone and I couldn't have been more thankful to her to have her there, you know, when I came out of that room. And I and I want to say to my mum, if you are listening to this episode, thank you so much for being there for me and for taking the initiative to come that day. I didn't know how much I needed you, but without even asking, mother's intuition, you knew. So thank you so much. The week that followed that day, oh God, quite honestly, it felt like a death sentence. I laid on the sofa and I think I watched Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or something like that and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and yeah it's quite funny actually I realise this is only my second solo episode and on both of these episodes I've mentioned Harry Potter which is a bit lame and embarrassing um I'm not a super fan or anything but maybe it's stuck in my subconscious and I don't really know why um okay so I realised this might be quite a heavy episode so let's get to the part where I start to take some action all of a sudden, I decided to pull myself out of my self-pity party and doom Google scrolling and think about why this had showed up in my life. Maybe this is an opportunity to practice what I preach and take a cold, hard look at the mind-body-soul approach without being cheesy. Um, I then decided to type in on Spotify, HPV cervical dysplasia. It came up with an episode from Nicole Jardim. Obviously, anyone who's into menstrual health knows that she's the absolute period guru. And a lady I'd never heard of before called Danelle Randall from Cervical Wellness. After listening to this, it quite honestly ignited the fire inside of me to learn as much as I could, as quick as I could. I bought her book, I bought the course, I then started reaching out to guests I had spoken to already on the podcast, I joined Facebook groups, and I opened up with my social media community, which brought in loads more people who were either going through the same thing or had been through it in the past. So... Uh, for anyone listening who is going through this, do open up with people, do talk about it. Um, for the first kind of week or so, I felt huge shame and I wanted to kind of hibernate essentially. But when I started to open the conversation about that, it was amazing how many other people are going through this as well. Um, and there is a community out there. So whilst I do want to share my story with you all, I do have to reiterate, I'm not a doctor or a health professional. I am only talking through my experience. I value any way that women or AFAB individuals get rid of their HPV and cervical dysplasia, whether this is natural or whether this is through medical intervention. I understand how terrifying it is to get this diagnosis and any direction that you take that you feel 100% confident in, I fully, fully, fully support. So go you. Um, for me, this is what I've decided. I'm going to give myself three months. Let's see where we're at after three months. Um, could be longer to try and heal myself and my cervix naturally. Please join me on being a guinea pig for you all to see what I'm doing and if it works in real time. I'll be updating you all on my story throughout the coming weeks and months and I'll also be delving much deeper into this topic with health professionals, enthusiasts, cervix warriors and specialists. Okay, so let's get to the part where 
I look at the mind body soul approach and what I'm currently doing. So the current areas I'm looking at um, are the mind body soul. And when I started to, you know, look at where I was, I couldn't help but think, why me? <laughs> you know, I think everyone will relate relate to this you know when you get diagnosed with something like that you're like oh god am I really that unhealthy why me um and as scary and terrifying as it is it has forced me to take action and delve quite extensively into these three areas of my life to make assessments about what's really going on and it's led me to ask the question why is my cervix so unhappy with me what have I done so before we delve into these areas I'm currently um, working on, I wanted to give you some information I've learned through Danelle Randall's book, Informed, Aware, Empowered. Before I sat in front of a doctor and he told me what he did about my cervix, I'd never ever really thought about this part of my reproductive system. I realised I didn't even know what it looked like. Do you know what it looks like? I do now because I'm you know, learning about it, but I definitely didn't before my diagnosis three weeks ago. And if mine was so unhealthy, then what did a healthy one look like? I started to do my research to look at what the cervix looks like and I could begin to identify, you know, with my own once I could understand what it looked like and try to understand how I got to this point. And if you're not aware, I quite embarrassingly wasn't. So I wanted to share a few quick facts on the cervix itself. The cervix is the lower portion of the uterus and connects the vagina with the main body of the uterus, acting as a gateway between them. In Danelle's book, she describes it as a portal, a portal between the outer world, the vaginal canal, and the inner world, the uterus of a female body. Another thing I learned from Danelle's book, and I know, I, you know, I keep talking about this book, but it was a huge saviour for me in my first couple of weeks. I know I'm only at three weeks, but yeah, it really was. So I would suggest buying it if you are on the journey yourself, um, was that the cervix has more nerve pathways than any other part of the female sexual anatomy. And the more I was learning, the more I started to think of the ways I wanted to heal this under-recognised and ignored part of my own body. Um, so yeah, for three years, yes, three whole years, my smear test came back with HPV and each time I received the letter which said it's a low chance of cervical cancer, it should clear from your system naturally. And each year, quite re regretfully now, I dismissed that as that I even had it. It was nothing to be worried about, right? It says there's no cure. So I, re you know, I regretfully took that as gospel and didn't think about it any further. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I've already got problems with my periods and, you know, autoimmune conditions. Surely it can't be something else to worry about. So HPV, if you don't know, is called the common cold of the vagina. I know for myself, if I feel like I'm getting a cold or the flu, I'll make sure I give, my, give myself the right vitamins, food and rest so my system has the best chance of fighting this off. Surely we can apply the same principles for HPV, right? Surely the conversation could have been had with me after two years when my immune system wasn't get, getting rid of this naturally. Surely explaining more about HPV and what it can develop into is a wider discussion we should be having. Okay, so let's get back to the areas I'm currently working on with my own cervical dysplasia journey. Some of these areas will cross over with others, but this is how I see it. Let's start with mind. So I think for me, mind is definitely a huge factor um, of illness. And before getting diagnosis, um, 
I had started to look into areas of my life that I had trapped trauma. And to give you a little bit of an idea of what type of person I am, I wanted to share, you know, a story from as young as I can remember. And I have always been a worrier. One of my earliest memories is not being able to sleep because I got pseudocreme on a flannel um, and was terrified I'd be in trouble. For anyone in America, uh, pseudocreme's like desitin. And I felt so guilty. I ran downstairs to tell my mum what I'd done and she was shocked to know how much this had affected me. She was like, of course, it's fine. Don't worry, it's a flannel. It's not a problem. And as you can tell probably from the story, I've always been somewhat sensitive. I've always felt things very strongly. And it was only when I started growing into adolescence did the anger and moodiness come. Hence the name of the podcast, guys. Um, And I remember feeling angry and moody a lot. And if you listen to the Reiki episode with Jade Mordente, you might remember I told her of my first experience with Reiki. When I was so stressed out from my GCSEs, my mum decided to get me some Reiki to help with my nerves. It seemed to unlock a portal of stress and emotion, um, and I couldn't stop crying for like two weeks. I, you know, quite understandably at that age was 15, and I firmly closed that door on that chapter, and I just didn't think much of it. Um, But then I also thought about it I kept coming back to it a few months back and and when I did that episode with Jade and I was thinking, why did this affect me so much? Was it beginning to let something out that had been trapped inside? What do I have trapped inside? Is this manifesting into illness? So I started to delve very heavily into inner child work, which brought up memories I never even knew were still there, which was really interesting. And also maybe situations I don't even know were real, Um, but it brought some stuff up. Um, And then I decided to record my own cervix healing affirmations that I listen to on a daily basis. And it was then that everything felt like it started to slot into place. Josephine Kay, um, who I also interviewed on episode 15, reached out and asked if I wanted a free RTT rapid transformational therapy session in exchange for interviewing her on the podcast. And I said, yes, of course, that'd be great. Um, We spoke in depth on my recent diagnosis and really looked at areas in my life that I felt needed looking at. And we then started a two-hour hypnosis session where... Josephine asked me to pull three scenes from my subconscious that needed to be brought to the surface. Now, I know I am being very open on this episode today, but I don't feel I'm ready to share those three scenes with the world. Um, But what I will say is they needed to come up. We carefully, you know, moved from one scene in my subconscious to the next, and then we released them together. Afterwards, I realised that from the session... I had huge shame surrounding my reproductive organs and my own sexuality. And so from there, I could feel why my cervix had been so unhappy. I'd been filling this area with shame in my subconscious and I didn't even know it. So, you know, I think that's also a huge thing that I discovered and a heavy weight to carry around with me. Um, So that process in itself was pretty huge. Um, And after this, Josephine recorded a 15-minute meditation to repeat daily for 30 days to cement the work we'd done. Um, I'm on day seven, so TBC on this one. I've also been reading an amazing book. Um, It's actually a girl I went to school's mum, Donna Lancaster, um, and it's called The Bridge. 
and it addresses what she deems to be unresolved heartbreaks in our lives. Um, so it's very much in keeping with, you know, I guess, unlocked trauma, basically, suppressed um, emotions. And she explains that heartbreaks are not just related to romantic relationships. Actually, anything in life that impacts us to a certain degree is deemed a heartbreak. And again, this is still very much a working progress, but I'm working through each chapter and the exercises in my own time. Um, and so far, I've already begun to feel lighter. Um, I'm actually, for anyone who knows me from my PMDD and period stories, um, I'm due on my period tomorrow. And I've had a great day today. And I usually am stuttering and really anxious um, and I'm sat here telling you this story so and I do think that has contributed to the trauma work that I'm doing so um, I also want to touch on whilst I've been doing all of this quite deep inner work inner subconscious work uh, releasing traumas suppressed emotions um, it was one day when I just finished doing like you know a session and then I decided to look online for a kundalini yoga routine um, and kundalini yoga we went into that with Greta uh, Grace who is an amazing coach who I'm working with at the moment and also a kundalini yoga teacher um, and she told me the power of it so I looked up a kundalini yoga routine that could help with inflammation um, and that is a big part of, you know, the areas that I'm trying to work on for this cervical dysplasia. Um, you know, it's all about boosting my immune system again, because quite clearly my immune system isn't able to fight off the HPV, which is a virus. Um, looking at the fact that I have major inflammation in the body, um, reducing chronic stress, all of these areas I'm really working on right now. Um, so anyways, I was doing this routine after the mind work and then on the second from last pose, I all of a sudden felt this like insane urge to throw up. I ran to the bathroom and I was just, you know, throwing up. And my husband shouted up confused and he, when he heard me, he was like, you all right? And I wasn't sure what the heck was happening, but it just felt like I needed to get rid of something. And I'm not somebody who like, throws up all the time I can't remember the last time I threw up and um you know I'm not drinking at the moment either so there was just yeah it was really surreal and for the rest of the night I needed to be in a dark room like lights off laying in the bed windows open because I felt so sick but then the next day I woke up and I felt so much lighter it's like I had a spring in my step um, and I still felt nauseous on the on the drive to work. And, you know, I'm not 100% sure what happened that night. But all I can say is it felt as though my body was, you know, without being too hippie, like purging things that needed to be released. So I would summarize mind as saying what I feel is the area for me that needs addressing was looking in depth at ways in which I've been harboring trauma and attempting to release this in order to heal my cervix, along with understanding and visualizing the cervix healing and listening to it more. 
Um, so to be confirmed, guys, this is not a complete story. I may have some more tips on mind, but that's currently where I'm at and what I'm working on. Okay, so body. Um, at the moment, I am currently receiving acupuncture weekly with an amazing local Chinese doctor. Um, and I've read studies on acupuncture helping with inflammation. So I'm in. And a similar thing actually today, I had my second session with him and afterwards like I was in like this most hypnotic state whilst I was having the acupuncture um, and then afterwards I felt nauseous and I was like okay this is similar to the kundalini yoga experience but it wasn't as intense I don't know so let's see how this develops let's just see you know really hoping I can do this um so then I also decided to reach out to my advisor and all-round amazing medical herbalist Lucy Bradley from episode one. And she instantly just made me take a huge sigh of relief. I think the key here is that sometimes we can feel rushed into making decisions. Everything feels so quick and you need to deal with this right now, you need to do what's right, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden the ownership of our body is taken away from us. Um, yes, of course, if you have a cancer diagnosis, you know, time is of the essence, of course it is. And, you know, and with cervical dysplasia, absolutely. Um, but when I spoke to Lucy, it just made me take a huge sigh of relief and take a moment. And her way with her words and understanding of health and herbs, it just always helps to make me feel at ease and safe. Um, so she explained that she was already treating someone for HPV, um, which is supposedly an untreatable uh, virus, guys. Um, and she can absolutely help me. So that was obviously amazing to hear. Um, so Lucy is now, um, I think she's shipped today, making me up a tincture to help with inflammation, stress, immunity, antioxidants, gut and vaginal health re-microbiome. For exercise, I'm taking things much, much slower and I'm mainly focusing on yoga um, and long walks in nature and that's that feels good for me right now. Um, I've been avoiding cardio and HIT as I've read it can lead to higher levels of inflammation and that's what I'm trying to get away from right now. Um, so yeah, doing daily kundalini yoga has been amazing. Um, in terms of supplements, I'm also taking Papilex, which is a natural aid to help HPV. AHCC, a nutritional supplement um, made from a certain strain of mushrooms that is supposed to help with HPV beef liver supplements um, and I've also been taking herbs from my Chinese doctor and acupuncturist and I sent all of those ingredients to Lucy just so that I could make sure that all of those would work in harmony together which she assured me they would. Um, in terms of diet um, I pretty much for the past three years have been I was very much vegan plant-based and then went to vegetarian um, and now I'm actually moving more into the, I'd say, yeah, it sounds a bit lame, but the flexitarian where, 
you have some meat back in your diet, you have some um, fish back in your diet. And I'm eating a low inflammatory diet. Um, I'm minimizing my carb intake and I'm upping my protein intake. Um, so that means fresh fish. And we're really being thoughtful about those decisions as well. So I'm going to the local fishmongers and I'm buying a good quality, you know, fish. And if we eat meat, then we'll go buy a good quality piece of it. And it won't be an abundance of what it was like before we went vegetarian. So it's just more thoughtful eating. Um, I'm also drinking a lot more liquids. I realized that I was probably having like two thimble sized glasses of water because I was so busy at work um, and I didn't have a big enough bottle. So that was easily solvable. I bought myself a great bottle to take to work. Um, also, no processed foods for now. Whole foods whilst I try and get the inflammation under control. Um, and I know this might all sound like a lot and I really don't want it to be like really naggy or really depressing. Um, but I promise, actually, I feel great. And it stopped me from falling back into my bad habits. And anyone that knows me, you know, can tell you I am a bit of a junk food addict. You know, back in the day... My dad's American, so he would go to the airbase and bring back all these American, you know, chocolates, like massive bags of crisps. I'd sit on the sofa and watch a Kardashians too. You know, I was really into that. And I could feel myself slipping back into this this space. So it's given me the kick up the arse that I needed, actually. Okay, so now for the soul part. This is taking us back to my first solo episode, actually. So whatever you get enjoyment and happiness from, my advice to you, do it more. In Danelle's book, she asks um, the reader to, to make a pact with themselves um, that you'll take one action each day for the health and healing of your cervix. And I thought that was really cool. It's achievable. It's not piling yourself with too, with too much that's not going to be possible. Um, so I put myself together a little schedule. And some of the things I've included are, uh, you know, walk in nature after work getting lost into a book, moving my body, um, seeing a friend, swimming in the ocean, womb massage, whatever it is, just do it. Not just for you, but for your cervix. Um, and when I started thinking about, you know, what to say for this episode, I didn't quite realise how much I had to say. And that's only in the space of three weeks. I've just learned so much, you know, more about my body and myself through this experience. So my message to anyone else out there who's going through this, I've got some pointers for you. So one, try not to panic. But also if you do, that's okay as it's a totally normal response. Two, give yourself some aftershock time. Decompress and sulk if you need to. Three, when you're ready, do your own research. Get all of the information from the doctors. If you feel you can't take all of the information incorrectly when you're there, take a family member or record it so you can listen to it back without the adrenaline clouding your memory from it. I know with me, I can never remember things properly. Um, so yeah. 
Therefore, connect with your cervix and know that your body is not against you. Your body is trying to highlight that it needs some extra care right now. And whichever route you decide to take, just make sure you give your body and self the extra love it needs. And last one, five. Whether you have the LEAP procedure or heal yourself holistically, you are trying your best for your body. And please recognize and give yourself credit for this because it's absolutely huge what you're going through. I really hope you find the episode helpful. And just to reiterate, I'm very much still going through this journey and invite you to keep up with me on future episodes to see how I'm getting on. I'm really unsure how this story will end for me. I'm hoping and doing everything I can to heal this naturally, holistically, um, but I'm not 100% opposed to the LEAP procedure. If I try everything in my power to heal myself and it still doesn't work, um, so I will let you know. You can keep up with what I'm up to at Moody Girl Official, where I will be heavily documenting my own journey with cervical dysplasia. You've been listening to the Moody Girl podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on a really personal episode today. Until next time.